We're jam-packed for the next couple of hours. Tons to get into. Toronto Maple Leafs. Surprise loss? It's a bit of an understatement. Losing to Arizona in regulation, I might add. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that. Stu Gavin, former NHLer, seems to be a lull in the Evander Kane story. So we'll bring in the former NHLer, close to 800 games in the National Hockey League. Oh, so close in 91 versus Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup final with the then Minnesota North Stars. He is currently the president of Gavin Hockey Wealth and Specialist. And again, with the... uh, with the lull of the Evander Kane, maybe we'll pick his brain a little bit and, and flat out ask him, JB, how does any athlete end up in debt like Evander Kane was reported last spring mm-hmm. of what, $26.4 million, 26.8 to be exact, was the report of going in debt. I, so, like, I thought people got allowances and had to, it was tough to get your own money. I didn't understand. I don't understand how any of this works. Someone well, needs to explain we'll, things to me. We'll ask. We'll ask Stu on that. And of course, a uh, friend of the show, a regular Gord Stellick, Stellectricity, will come by and give us his thoughts on uh, on Leaf Nation pre and post. Dylan Brown on text. Sammy along for the ride producing. In theory. And where do we where do we start on what we witnessed last night? We said maybe on their worst effort, they could still win 8-1. I I asked if they could win wrong-handed, Kipper. (laughs) Yes. So you're right there with me. But there's always that one threat that there's a certain player who wears goal pads could single-handedly win a game. Is it that simple? Or did we see more red flags out of last night's game, JB? Well, I think we're asking the right question. So for me, I thought that uh, Vegmelka was very good. He was awesome. Tons of great saves. No denying that. Uh, average goaltending performance in there, and I think the Leafs win it going away. But by the same token, when it wasn't going in for them, I didn't think they they got around the crease. They got in his eyes. They got second chance opportunities. They got to a position where it wasn't going in, so they, was gonna, they were going to have to really dig in and get something dirty and didn't seem able to find that gear. I'm less prone to say that is a large story problem for this team. I think uh, you know we'll talk about Keith and how he felt about his team's performance, but um, I, I just thought they didn't get to the dirt, dirty areas once it wasn't going in for them. You, what do you think? Uh, well, I've got a couple of thoughts. My first one is... If you're going to play 82 games, there will be a game where you can thoroughly tilt the ice in your favor and still lose. Is that what we saw? I didn't mind Austin Matthews. Of course, uh, with his goal sets a a, a team record of uh, consecutive goals on the road. Nine, if I'm not mistaken, Sammy, which is incredible feat, but kind of got lost a little bit. In, in the loss, but uh, I, I didn't mind his comments that, hey, every once in a while, you're just going to be up against a, a hot goaltender. And that, could, that to me, probably would have been the first, my first approach as, as, uh, as my post-game comments 
would go as a as a coach. Mm-hmm. Sheldon went the other way, boys. He went totally the other way. Saturday, he was. I loved everything about our game, and I I went the opposite way. I said, "Rip him a new one here," yeah. because uh, I didn't like the way they they faded, and and yet here I am today, leaning towards that attitude. And Sheldon goes the other way. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's hear what Sheldon had to say in clip one here. Oh, okay, we don't have him yet, but the uh, uh, by the way, yes. I'm so happy every time a clip doesn't turn out well. It's you, <laughs> Justin, that teased well, it up and not me. I, yeah, I really, I really have it. Honestly, I'm like fifty percent. My fault, season. boys. <laughs> no, I'll get. I'll get That's Sam. my fault. The um, That's my fault. Sorry, you know, boys. Keith blamed it Sam, on. Sam, you want to? Uh, is it ready, or you want us to wait on it? No, the, uh, I just put them in now. I, I completely screwed up there. I uh, sewered our boy Dylan, so it's uh, <laughs> you can you can sewer me, sewer me, boys. I had a technical difficulties to start the show here, but we're back up and running here. The wonders of working from home. Both the clips are in there now. Dylan wants to grab those, and we can hear how mad. All Michelle right, we got it. Let's asking. have it. The day off, I think, is going to be important for us. I think our group looked tired here again today. I thought in that third period, you know, I thought we we seemed like we hit a wall there and stopped playing. For a good chunk of time in that third period, um, no life, no energy on our bench at a time when we needed it. <clears throat> so that to me is a sign of fatigue, which uh, obviously we've been on the road here for a bit. It's our third game. It's a back-to-back and all that, but it makes, makes me start to wonder about our conditioning and where we're at there. Um, but clearly we've got to find ways to, to be... Um, rising to the occasion at the right times rather than falling flat. Oh man. I don't want to hear that. Come uh, boys. Like JB, you go first. Cause I got a hell of a lot. I want to say, <laughs> all right. Just listening to <laughs> all Sheldon. I want to say is that if I'm a player and I hear my coach say that, I'm like, Oh man, we're bag skating. That's all. That's all I got to say is I hear him say that. And I know we're going down and back, down and back the next time we're on the rink. What, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, like, why are you going to that extreme? Yeah? Yes. I don't think Sheldon needs to go there. First of all, tired, hit a wall. You've played two games in a month. <laughs> you just got on a road trip. You just started. You're not the Islanders asked to play on the road for six weeks here. Where is tired and hitting a wall? Where is fatigue coming from? Yeah, like ah, back to back here. I guess they, you know, really gave it their all the night before. Is that the idea? Oh, come but on! <laughs> isn't there isn't there a world in where the less you play, the more tired you're going to be? You know, they've been off for they've played what have they played uh, since the since they came back from the pause? They've played what now five games, and five games in a month. I guess that's way less hockey than they would ever be playing during a regular season. I guess in theory, you're saying, oh, you're well, you're fresh, you're rested. But I think the flip side of that, no fellas, is that you're not in a rhythm, that you're not like up to speed, that you're ready to rock. I don't know. What do you think about that? You don't think it can go the other way? No, 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 no. Not not now. Not coming off of uh, a Christmas break and games getting rescheduled. And no, that's I would I would have liked him to save that conditioning and fatigue energy that to me is a a late 
mid mid to late March card I want to play. Yeah. Not now. Yeah. Well, and also it's like they they put up 46 shots. They outshot them by 28. You know, by zone time, I think they had the puck in the offensive zone, you know, 10 minutes uh, to one for uh, for what uh, the Coyotes did. So, you know, they, they had plenty of enough pop to do those things. To me, you just didn't get enough goals. You know, it came down to, for me, that, that yeah, you had the puck in the offensive zone. I didn't see, you know, maybe his point is tied to mine, that they didn't find a way to get through guys and get to the net and do those dirty things at the end of the game. Maybe that he sees it as a conditioning thing. I, I maybe it's a, I see it more as a, a mindset thing, but it is an interesting way to look at what his team did. He he was pretty down on the whole group, even even what they got from their goaltender Kipper. Well, what were your thoughts on on Mrazek? Well, let, let's before we get into that, JB, let's go to his second clip okay. because it does touch on that, and then uh, I'll I'll follow it up. Okay, I think we need to get a save on one of them. You know, um, you know, pick pick whichever one you'd like, but I you know I'd like to you're probably the second one. You know, um, you need to get a save on that one, I think. But, you know, it's Peter's first game back. I thought the guys did a pretty good job of of making his night somewhat uh, simple and easy. Um, didn't have to get called upon for big saves uh, very often. Uh, uh, like, the, there was a big save for us on the two-on-one on Kessel on the third there. Um, we needed one more big save, but goalies can't get wins when – you only score them one goal, so you know, the game's not on him by any means. Okay, so just just to follow <laughs> wow. up, j- just to follow up my point yeah. on on playing that card of no no energy uh, and fatigue. It's like, did he just say that the guys did a pretty good job in front of him to keep it simple and easy? Mm-hmm, he did. So c- can you? Can you have no energy and be fatigued? And and if you're if you're doing a pretty good job in front of them, I I, I just don't understand that that if you're pissed off, you gave up two points, then that's it. Then go back to my argument on on Saturday. Just be pissed off that you didn't find a way to get it done. Well, see, but, this goes back to you know how I feel about the game that I don't know that there's a greater conclusion aside from they they just got goalied. You know, they got goalied. However, the, the Mrazic stuff is is wild because the guy hasn't played. What, he played 10 periods now as a Maple Leaf? Like, is he not the ultimate guy who should have been given some grace? Well, I, is it not too I soon? I have to say, the, the save, that's harsh. The save, yeah. It, it is harsh, but we're also talking about a guy who's, I'm sorry, but uh, like he's, Sheldon sounded like a spoiled brat because of Jack Campbell. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, I, like, yes. I'm, I'm used to I'm used to big saves. Like, I, I, what is that crap off the backboard and uh, backdoor tapping know, on the rush? I mean, jeez, it's like uh, you know, the Dzingle uh, Zegris himself with a nice pass off the back wall and tapped it out of the air over over the net. Yeah, you know, they tough spot for Mrazik. I don't know, Sammy. What you, you thought the comments were over the top, eh, on Mrazik? Yeah, I. Listen, it's the big leagues, and you got to be able to accept your coach going to the media and saying some negative things about you. I don't think I'm I'm not upset that Keith said that, but Kipper nailed it. You just sound spoiled. You've got a goalie that's playing at a Vesna level. He's making every single big save, and you put in your quote-unquote backup, your $3.8 million Curtis McElhaney, <laughs> and 
he le- he's not stellar. And then he threw him, like, I wouldn't say it's a total throw under the bus, but he nudged him towards the end of the bus. And then he <laughs> says all this stuff about him. And then he's like, yeah, but you can't blame the goalie. Well, you kind of did. Yeah, kind of did blame the goalie a you, little. You know, bit. though, Sam, so, the, the difference I hear here is that he doesn't want him to be McElhenney. and this has been my kind of my contention with you guys is that like he's not he wasn't brought here to be this guy who plays twice in a month and gives him an eight ninety and they're nice to him. Like he was brought here to earn money and make saves. So I think he in his first game they could have given him a little bit more leeway in terms of hey we get it you haven't played tough one tonight you only saw a few shots. Um, but the, the clearly the expectations are high. They want him to go in and do what Jack's doing, or at least give him a nine twelve. You know, his four save percentages so far in his starts are eight eighty five, eight seventy one, eight eighty six, eight eighty nine. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not going to play, I guess. No. So not going to play. Well, give him a little a game or two, and then start to really, I don't know, pour it on. I guess. I think. But how many? Every goalie that you talk to. They hate the kind of the game that that was last night, right? Where the other goalie's getting peppered, your team's dominating, and there's no chances at all. What, how many shots did they end up with? 18, 19 18. shots, barely any. Yeah. And then it comes down your end two-on-one. TJ Brody makes a rare bad read that's in the back of the net, and you lose the game. And the other goalie's standing on his head. It makes you look even worse. So yeah, That's part I'm, of it, too. I'm on, this, I'm on this side of it where I... I kind of am with Sheldon Keefe here. Like, I don't want to twist this and say that I'm a Mr. Peter Morazic guy here. I don't necessarily love him. I don't really love what I've seen from him in his starts. But I do think that that saying what he said in the media last night was just a touch harsh for me. That's all. You know, I think part of what stands out, though, for me is what Greg Millen said on the broadcast, that there was another two-on-one or a backdoor play just before that where – uh, Mrazek tried to get his stick out and what he thought should have been a deflected puck and uh, Mrazek didn't get a stick on it and then it happened yeah. back going the other way so it's like you know he he got lucky with the first one the next time it's like his timing is just off it, it, he's just not quite yeah. right no I well, agree take, take a look at the rest of the month here because mm-hmm. I, I don't know again if you're speaking JB to uh, maybe the the or Sam, uh, the sense of urgency of we're not paying you to be a seven hundred thousand dollar backup goalie here. You got you, you got to get in there and win. Yes. Uh, when's his next opportunity? We've got St. Louis on Saturday. He won't get that start. Then they don't go till next Wednesday. They got one game next week against the Rangers. I can't see Sheldon giving Mrazek that start either. And then maybe next Saturday, the Islanders, he may have to sit on this for a week and a half. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, there's no real easy situation here because I, I think they do want to give him some games, but the way it's looking, if you keep, if you're going to get an 890 and the other guy's Vesna worthy, it's real, real tough to say, let's try to get him in a rhythm. Tough spot. You know, when he's going to get in a rhythm is the end of the season when they're trying to jam in extra hockey games and, you know, the season condenses even more, which it seems like it's going to do. I, I can't think of uh, two or three games when I, ha- I haven't seen the Leafs with with uh, lively legs, good jump, a good forecheck. Uh, that game out of the gate uh, did not start off well, and I, I I don't go to fatigue. I don't go to conditioning. I just I just think it's the odds that every once in a while you're just not going to have it. Now I'm not confirming or denying that on this trip. There might have been a rookie meal. There might have been, 
you know, a, a private box to a, a Raiders game. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> golf today. Not confirming or denying every, anything, but, you know, there, there are maybe some scenarios when you just take your, your focus off a little bit here. And I, I, I would have probably just written this one off a little bit more and, and said, it is what it is. It's a hot goalie. Now, behind the scenes, ha- yeah. have your discussions with your management team on can we be better conditioned? Can we push them harder mentally? But I just don't think I would have gone public like Sheldon did. Boys, what I wouldn't give to play some golf right now. I was watching that golf at Kapalua last week. They're playing in Hawaii again. God, I got the itch, and it's only January. That's not a good thing. And don't usually happen well, this early. I, I don't think a, a many of them on the team have teed off yet uh, in Arizona. I think if you can just, you know uh, – bewitched yourself there with a little wiggle of the <laughs> nose or something you could still get in on a, on a foursome you know what it's yeah, it's dry there and they're playing those desert courses where the ball just runs like 400 yards off the tee sammy oh it sounds pretty mm. decent doesn't it i wouldn't mind wouldn't mind so you know looking at that um you know that leafs pitcher or sorry that Leafs performance last night was there anything else that stood out to you aside from the goaltending situation kipper where um, uh, th- that you liked or didn't like. Um, I'm thinking of the decor a little bit. There's a couple interesting names back there. What'd you take away? Yeah, I, I just, uh, again, when you look at a game like last night, again, I, I, I probably publicly would have just downplayed it a lot more. But if if you're a true hard follower of the Leafs, there's the one point where you're watching last night going, did, did this not feel a little bit like, you know, game five, two seasons ago in the bubble versus Columbus and game seven inter- versus Montreal? Interesting where, point. Yep. Where, where it's just like, okay, we're, we're, we're getting good chances. We're getting shots on goal, but we only friggin' have one goal here, you know, or we have no goals or we're just where's the offense where's the push where's the the different look and i kind of waited last night for the leafs but that's the worry that you go into the playoffs and you go i had good looks i had good chance shot them by 20 or yeah we shot them by 20 we just came uh (laughs) just came up with a a better goalie uh a hotter goalie merzlickens or carrie price beat us tonight and it's like Boys, Leaf fans have had that look before in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. The, um, you know, trying to find the right times to not overdo it, overcoach, over whatever, and guys didn't go our way tonight. You know, usually that'll happen when you shoot a team uh, 46 to 18 or whatever the final total was last night. Usually that's one you just step back from. But, you know, the, the point you're making is about finding a way when it's not going in and not being that team that's a volume shooting team that's not finding a way to, to get those goals. And, you know, that has been a theme there. So, yeah, I guess there is a, a little flavoring there of um, of some of the problem. When the other team's like, goalie is hot, how else are they going to get it done? And you had mentioned, I think, off air just before prior, you, you, you weren't too impressed with the real push in front of the net too. Okay. You're, you're, you're at 50 shots on goal, but I, were they not 
dirty enough in front of the net for you? Uh, to me, it's not like enough a force field presence. Yeah, it's like there's a force field around the net, like a circle. You watch them circling around the ozone. You know how Willie loves to get the puck on the yellow paint and start, take it all around the zone. Like a lot of guys love to just have it. They're just great to oh, we we got it here. Um, but, you know, those guys that are supposed to park it in the crease, I like having a guy or two like that on every line. And Bunting's supposed to be that with Matthews and Kasha. Even Kasha can be at the net. Tavares can sit on the crease, and he can do that well for that line. Um, you know, there's theoretically guys in every line that should be able to just go park it and let the other guys have space. And that's – it's not – it's pretty clear that the only way this team beats you is if they outskill you. Mm-hmm. And I – to your point – it, it, it'd be nice if they had a, just a, a, a different angle when it's not going in, when that force field is pushing up against yeah. that skill, if they just had a little bit of a, a different look. And for me, it's it will always come back to the champions having a heavy look besides a skilled look. I so didn't that's see Richie a whole then, lot right? of heaviness. I didn't see heaviness out of the lineup. Yeah. I thought Richie had a couple of good hits, actually. He did. He had a couple of great hits. There, I'm having moments every game lately where I'm like, ah, I like that. Like, there, I like. There was a moment in front of the net where he looked like he was about to get in a fight with, like, four guys. And he's like, ah, oh, you know what? I was just on waivers. Maybe I should not take a stupid penalty here. <laughs> and he, like, God. skated out. He was right in front of the net kind of battling. So, I don't know. I, I, I texted you guys moments. last night. I wanted, like, Dyson Mayo, like, cleared him out from the front of the net. And there, there is a part of me that's like, I want – if the if the Leafs are going to have another angle, like I, I'm okay if Richie wants to take that penalty, go but, go back at that guy. Don't you know trip the guy in the offensive zone. He's, he, Keith's obviously told him multiple times now, though, because he's probably said to him every practice they have a chat. He's probably like, "Hey, Nick, you know those idiotic penalties you take at the worst possible times? Maybe stop doing that. That'd be great." Like you don't think he's had a conversation with him where he talks to him about the penalties and the timing and just his decision-making. And it looked like that in front of the net where he was kind of like, I think I might get in a fight with these four guys. And then he kind of just put his head down and skated away. So I don't know. I, I, I think he's looked better. Conversations. Yeah, there have eh? like his, his guys, penalty differential is as bad as it gets. Yeah. Guys, we're having a conversation on a guy who is essentially a fourth line winger right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking more of a heaviness that needs to come from your top six. Yeah. And, you know, you just mentioned Nylander, skilled, right? Does his little, uh, you know, does his 180s, his 360s, and circles the the net, and all skill, all skill. Matthews, he's probably the biggest, heaviest guy they have, right? On the top six. He's the strongest, yeah. And, and the strongest, and... He's got the puck most of the time in the offensive zone, like last night. But it, it's those moments when they don't have it. And I, I don't see heaviness even last night. Mikheyev, fast skater, but not heavy to, to turn a puck loose on a consistent basis. Nylander doesn't have it. Tavares, he's your second-line centerman right now, and there's nothing heavy about Tavares' game. There's so nothing. I, I don't know that you're ever going to have it from these guys, though, Kipper. Like, I don't want Willie to be different. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's we're talking about no, a construction just, of but, the team but, thing. But, but, but it's it's for me, it's a glaring omission of of the lineup when you have games like last night, which 
are pretty often in the playoffs. Like it's you're you're going in the third periods up one nothing, down two one. Those are the type of scores and games with the hot goaltender that are more common. Last night's more of a playoff common scenario than you know Ottawa six one. Mm-hmm. And I just it would be nice in a perfect world if if Nick Ritchie would have been the guy that Kyle envisioned, but now that he's not, I think it's, it's a little glaring last night of, of not having one legit top six guy and Bunting's done a terrific job, but Bunting is not heavy. And I, I worry about Bunting now. Your refusal to acknowledge him as a top six winger is starting to, I don't know, Kipper. I, I, this guy's a player. He's a player. He he's a player. He's just he's 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 brand new in the league. He's considered a rookie. He's never gone through this before. Yeah. You're asking him now to be a top winger for Matthews to go win a Stanley Cup, like with no track record. JB, I know. Really, you know who I want them to get, and this is totally unrelated to the conversation we're having. Is Michael Pizzetta? You watched that game last night. I'm Team Pizzetta all the way. Oh, love this guy. I love Pizzetta. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, let's get thoughts out of uh, a guy that uh, we welcome back on the show, a guy that you all know best from his uh, work on Rogers uh, Cable 10 in the early 2000s. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> yeah, I was on the late Mel, Mel Lastman show all the time, Cable 10, there, oh. where I used to play with a pencil and answer questions and go, call my secretary, Betty, whatever, she'll take care of it. <laughs> We're talking about the legendary Gord Stellick. Yes, that's that's where I grew up watching you. Well, well I, I don't know what cable 10 show uh, I was on. Uh, uh, Goldie. My, Wasn't there Goldie's show? Goldie? Who's Goldie? So uh, anyway, uh, uh, my, my wife Lisa ran Rogers York Region. She was in charge and lots of... Uh, Lots of people started there. Uh, 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 she had Andy Petrillo work there, and uh, a lot of people got their a lot of people got their starts, whether it's that station or some other station. So it's kind of too bad they don't have those same opportunities anymore. In all seriousness, double uh, A, triple A, and then the big leagues, right, Gord? That's it. That's the big leagues right now, buddy. You and Justin, yeah, yes. And uh, did you get uh, big leagues out of uh, auto, uh, Arizona last night? Uh, you know, we had. We had Tyson Nash on yesterday, and we thought he was just buttering up a really bad situation. Uh, but he talked about some grit, and these guys will come at you. And like, let's give him a little bit of credit here. So they're, you know, first of all, what is it? Their their defense core had something like five hundred games combined, and Gostas Bear had four hundred of them. I will say. <laughs> The first period, that was the worst opposing team I'd seen all season. Okay, that was the worst opposing team the way Arizona played. So I'll give them some credit the last 40 minutes. And, and uh, you know, and, and you look at and you look at the goaltender as well. That's just a nice story of Amelka in, like, what is this guy? Like, Nashville keeps picking all these goaltenders. He's picked in the fifth round. He just hangs in the Czech Republic forever. Why? Comes over at age 25. 
not even on the Coyotes' depth chart if you look at the start of the season. And I like stories like that. So he was he was playing, you know, let's face it, lights out about a hot goaltender can beat you. I remember remember Dwayne Rolison had that game playing for the Islanders once and stopped like 50 shots at what was then Air Canada Center and just kind of a random game against the Leafs. So it was one of those. But I'm listening to you guys because I always do and enjoy it. And uh, But I also liked, you know, something. I liked Sheldon Keefe teeing off a bit last night. Ooh. Like he kind of he kind of surprised is after the Carolina game when he kind of said, "Hey guys, you know you're you're not in the same class as these guys that you think you are," and you know he, he I'm I'm glad he's I'm glad what he said. Yeah, we should have had. Uh, I wish the goaltender the goaltender should have had one of those. Tavares line's got to play better. Uh, he talked about conditioning, but it's also the frustration of of not playing games like that game against Edmonton and Ottawa. That was shinny hockey. You know, no crowd, even though Leafs won both of them. So really, it's kind of been almost a month since they played the high-level NHL hockey on a regular basis. And he kind of just gave a reminder that, you know, even though we're watching the games and kind of enjoying these three games with fans uh, in, in, in American venues, uh, he kind of reminding that, you know what, you, you, you're, not in, you're not in game shape to his satisfaction right now. I, I found it interesting, his timing, but quite often you do want to keep the team off guard from time to time. Yeah, I know Sheldon loves to to be counter to what everyone expects him to do. That's something he does enjoy. Um, when, when you look at last night's outcome, how, you know, there's a few different ways you can look at it. It's a trap game, right? This team you're supposed to beat after you've uh, had a couple of really tough opponents. You played a back-to-back. Uh, the goaltender plays really well. I'm sure it's a factor of all of them, but is it, any of those things in particular stand out to me? I, I guess I ask because it feels like it was an opportunity for an emotional letdown and they weren't able to sort of find their would convince themselves to give the same effort as they gave against uh, Vegas and, and uh, Colorado. Yeah. And, and what about like, look at the Leafs not ha- having a multi-goal lead against those teams and look at the way those teams came at the Leafs in the third period, Colorado and Vegas and Austin Matthews scores 15 seconds into the third. And I'm thinking, okay, game set match. And then to your points, guys, like, first of all, the Leafs dominated play. I didn't see a ton of odd man rushes and they seemed to dominate without, and even like when Sheldon kind of yelled when the goaltenders pulled faster, move it faster. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they got it. They controlled the zone and the best shot was from Jake Muzzin who shouldn't even be out there, you know, like, yeah. uh, and so that was the part that I, whether I found it puzzling or disappointing that I just felt like, man, come on, come on. The juggler's there. You got to go for it though. And so I, I it, so I wasn't satisfied with that component of the game. But it is an ongoing theme for these guys. We finished off that uh, disappointing series against Montreal saying they didn't have the killer instinct, that they did not have that edge to put them away. And I had mentioned that last night, kind of felt a little bit about like uh, game five in the bubble against Columbus or even uh, the last few games against Montreal where you're like, really, boys? Is is that... Is that it? Yeah, you know, you know, because nope. I'm. Did, yeah, did you get sorry. a comparable at all? Is is could last night? Was there anything last night that felt like those games? So it can't be. The point is, I, I I'm I'm looking at this regular season about you know working at creating and you know better habits, whatever good habits for playoff success. I, I mean, I don't know how you quantify that. A lot of that's intangible. Uh, you had a different situation when you won the Stanley Cup, like a, a new coach and a lot of things. But I mean, uh, you would probably look back at great habits in the regular season that you know played out for you when when you won it all with the Rangers. So that's what I'm looking for. So two things. You're right. It concerns me about blown leads against Colorado and Vegas because that's what they did against Montreal and 
exactly to your point. And maybe that's what kind of made it a little bit raw was, you know, Paul McLean on that video about the demons, the boogeyman, the whatever it is that, that you know, you got him, you got him. You know, game six against Boston, Morgan Riley scores one nothing on a Sunday afternoon, the crowd's killing, you got him, and then you don't, and you let him go. And, yeah, that, that so there's a bit of that last night. It may be a bit unfair, you know, to gauge it that way, but that's reality. That's reality. You know, that's the, this team, you know, has to get to that next level again. It'll come down to the playoffs. We all know that. But, yeah, yeah, I, I, I kind of have flashbacks that way, Kippy. Have any thoughts on uh, Austin Matthews and the tie to Arizona? You know, it's we've decided on this show that we're not even going to discuss the eventuality of of him having a UFA and Arizona wanting him. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts on you know his his homecoming? How much he's beloved there? His tie to that community? It is kind of cool for him to get to go back there and play, isn't it? Well, um, Justin, he'll have no problem getting tickets. That's a good thing, right, right? if he plays there. I think, um, you know, Kippy would have seen it. You would have seen it, Justin. I, always, I, I loved guys going home. I, you know, we know my first year, Lori Boschman going back to Winnipeg and his parents meeting in the Westin on a Sunday morning breakfast. Like like home special, right? You know, Arizona's a little more glamorous than than Winnipeg. So I... Uh, I you know that f- the you know the five year contracts got a lot of people. What's well, got me concerned? I shouldn't say, but uh, but the best thing is uh, he likes it here, is what I understand. Mm-hmm. And hey, five years money wise, it's a smart contract because he can get to the next level quicker. Uh, and if he were going to go somewhere, and I guess a big if. Uh, I don't think it'd be Arizona. I, th- I think he likes the big lights. I think New York, L.A., whatever it may be, I, Chicago, I don't know. Like, I think, I think that's what appeals to him. But saying all that, you know, I, he'll have been here eight years. Uh, I think he's embraced so much about the city. And, and he, if he signs the next contract, I think he'll be the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf ever. And that's a right. bit unfair to say to the Charlie Conickers of the world, whom I didn't see. Uh, Dave Keon is kind of the consensus number one, who I just saw a little bit at the end of his career. Um, I, I love the Borea Salmings of the world that and all their greatness. But that would be a neat thing. And again, even in a nondescript game last like last night, like, man, does he have crazy glue when he gets the puck on his stick now? Like, you know, it just it stays there. He works, he's a big guy and he works in a narrow area keeping puck control. So I just think he has fun going home. One time a year, he goes home. The first time, what, he was just 19 years old and, you know, on and on and more becomes you know, less of that factor about the parents and that. But it's just home. But I don't, I can't see uh, any, everyone always oh, going to go to Arizona. You're going to walk him out of this contract, go to Arizona. If he goes somewhere else, and I don't, I hope he won't at this point i don't believe he will but it wouldn't be arizona i'd love to get your thoughts on 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 this next comment here um because i'm watching the game going into the third period and it's almost as if it's just a night that the boys don't have it so if if they're going to do anything it's going to come off the back of austin matthews (laughs) and he goes in and scores in the first minute yeah and it was almost as if Everybody else is irrelevant, and it's either going to be Austin or you're going to lose. And that might be one of the first times this year that I almost looked at Austin the way I would think that a lot of people looked at Connor McDavid in Edmonton. Well, that, that, that's a very interesting comparable, and you're right, because last year one of the things you want to develop more depth, though, so if you do have game five, six, and seven against the Montreal situation that other people, it's not like uh, the big guns don't score, so nobody scores. And, yeah, there, there was a sense of that. There was a sense of that, Kippy, but I will, I will give props that, you know, on the whole, that's one of the things uh, I've liked this year 
uh, better two-way scoring, holding a lead, uh, or excuse me, better two-way play, a uh, little more balanced scoring, holding a lead, and and all and all those great things. Which again, that that that's an example of of it not happening. And then you wonder how much is that because you have exceptional goaltender from Jack Campbell. Like sometimes, sometimes like the goaltender really masks your greatness. That you're you're pretty good, but he makes you great. I, so so. We keep trying to figure it out, Kippy, because and Justin, because at, at the end, there's just always been this disappointment at the end of the rainbow, and we, we really hope that's not going to be the case. But you're right. Last night, it just seemed, okay, Austin scored. Let's go, boys. Let's start piling in. You, Oh, I guess it's going to have to be Austin that scores again. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else really seems to be, be getting, like, the big scoring chances. Do you see a world where Peter Mrazek can become important on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, boy, he better. Boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, he is like I like I'm doing the math in my head, and I'm kind of going, oh, that's right. Phil Kessel comes off the books next year. That saves some money. Oh, oh, geez, if they buy out Morazic, not I mean, like yeah, yeah, you know, like well, I but know. I mean, all of a sudden, like for Jack Campbell becoming that important, and uh, I like Peter Morazic a lot, but the jury's out, totally out, totally out, and I'm glad, you know, the two biggest plays, one, you know, again that Johnny Bauer poke check. And maybe it's others that do it, but it'll always be Johnny Bauer to me. And he missed on the second goal, and he almost he missed on one that Kessel almost got one earlier. I know I'm being a little picky. I know he's rusty. I want to give him time to go and be healthy, and let's get a good tandem and goal. But, uh, yeah, right now, right now it's kind of looking like, boy, we should have gone big with Jack. We should have looked at uh, an extension, and we should have got the million-dollar backup, which there's a which there's a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. To, to, to squeeze their money out of Mrazic here, and we've had this conversation uh, at times already, but is there any scenario where you see this guy play back-to-back games? I don't mean on, on, on 24 hours notice. I just mean two games in a row. Well, you know, that was kind of always the plan, right? That uh, if you've got a 1A and 1B, um, that it's not just someone plays the back-to-back games. I mean, I, I, I mean, you, you're going to be comfortable in the Atlantic Division, but then I think also Sheldon Keefe is saying, Here's, yeah, here's the quandary, and I think this is why he was pissed last night, is that you got this, okay, you're home and cooled out. You're not fighting for a playoff spot because people forget, you know, when the pause happened the first time, they were fighting for a playoff spot two years ago. I mean, they, they were not home and cooled out by any stretch. But then the other side is you don't want to come second and third because that's going to be a horrible matchup. So becoming first place in the Atlantic is is huge because uh, that first-round matchup between number two and number three may be the toughest matchup in the entire NHL playoffs. So there's a funny mix. So, but then you don't want to start overplaying Jack Campbell for that because the bigger enchilada is the playoffs. So, I mean, the best thing can be Peter Mrazek plays well, and I don't think he played particularly well. I don't think that was a really good game to gauge him. You don't want you, you want more shots. He wants the same kind of shots like the Arizona goaltender had. You know, give me some shots. He made a big save early, but give me some shots and and uh, and, uh, and and let me get acclimated. So I'm anxious to see it. I, I hope that is the case. All right, Gordon. Great job as always, bud. What's up for the rest of the day? Well, I'm just down in my office because it is COVID world, so I can't travel to the zoo or to Pioneer Village and that. So <laughs> I just, um, I'm just, uh, Justin, putting my pictures together. I've got Kippy in a Washington Capitol jersey, mm. Hartford Whaler jersey, New York Ranger jersey, and Toronto Maple Leaf jersey. And I'm just trying to figure out the symmetry and how it looks best. So that's what I'm doing next. It's a great day, if you ask me. You don't want oh. uh, you don't want me in a Utah Grizzlies jersey up there, Gord. Oh, you're killing it on TV, man. Are you ever? <laughs> I, I thought, but I think you're looking like the Sportsnet commercial guy too. I'm not sure now with the uh, beard. I don't know. Oh, so, yeah. So that gotta, guy. 
he's, he's doing a great job. No, oh, I, enjoy, yeah. I, I enjoyed you that on the two That guy doesn't want to meet me in an alley. <laughs> I can well, tell you that. But do you remember, Justin, when Kip, Kip, Kippy had the billboards and he had the scary eyes? Do you remember that? Like about how many years ago, Kippy, were the Sportsnet billboards? I don't think what? Justin was born. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, listen, I, I, you know, I, I don't even want to say it. I almost said I grew up watching Nick, but it sounds like an there affront. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do it. But uh, yes, I remember it. Well, Thanks it's good for you... aging us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good that one of you's grown up anyway. So anyway, always a pleasure. And uh, anyway, have a great day. Everyone stay safe and stay warm and enjoy the hockey. Thanks, Gordo. Gord Stella, co-host of Leaf Nation, pre and post, right here on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Ah, uh, All right, not much going on with the Evander Kane, boys. Um, it looks like the NHL investigation has started. And maybe it's cooled the interest a little bit in uh, in signing him. I'm mm-hmm. still hearing. I know there's some reports out there, but still hearing uh, Evander Kane hasn't made any definitive decision. And as many as three teams still out there, hmm. uh, including, of course, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, but in saying that, we welcome in after the break, Stu Gavin, former NHLer and now president of Hockey Wealth specialist in in toronto he's got a well over what 50 60 nhl clients we're going to get into how a guy like evander kane gets himself into such financial troubles all after the break you're listening to real kipper and born